season two. Yo, the Bronx was just so classic to me, man. Like, growing up here was always live in effect. Between the fire hydrants running, hopscotch being played in the middle of the street, you got niggas in the courtyard shooting hoops and all that. Yo, and the icy man, that nigga always came through on the clutch with the 25 cent ices. Son used to be like, Coco e Cherry, Coco e Cherry. And of course, Mr. Softy used to come through. You got the dollar cones, and you was able to choose between the chocolate or the vanilla, and then you could throw the sprinkles on there too. But of course, you could never forget Lord Tariq and Peter Guns when they came through with that BX anthem. Because if it wasn't for the Bronx, this rap shit probably never would be going on. So tell me where you from. Uptown, baby. Uptown, baby. We get down, baby. For the crowd, baby. And welcome back to another installment of Baltimore County Forever Podcast Season 2, Five Boroughs. Last borough that we did was the 36th Chamber of Staten Island with my OG, Aline. The episode did very well. Um, I had a lot of people hit me up telling me that it was very intriguing to know so much about the woo. Actually, Ant called, shout out to Ant, uh, he called Aleem a human encyclopedia. <laughs> uh, so, you know, shout out to Ant, man. Uh, I appreciate you listening. Then when I drop the episodes, we sit and talk about it, review it. Um, probably season three. For Ant. Um, but yeah, now the uh, newest borough that we're doing is the Bronx, the birthplace of hip hop. Um, so yeah, uh, Aleem's back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Aleem is back. I figure I bring him back because for the essence of hip hop and um, everything. Um, and I have another guest. <laughs> My dog, man, I, I appreciate this woman. She, I, a role model, like, like what I was saying about my brother, a real role model. Um, she's definitely helped me through a lot in life and family. Just like Kyle, uh, sidebar. Everybody keep on talking about Kyle. <laughs> he got nervous. Leave my man alone. He was a little nervous during the episode. Um, yeah, I did hear that. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know. But shout out to Kyle, shout out to Kason, shout out to Pepper. Pepper, we gonna we gonna get you on one of these episodes. You were dodging me, but <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, but yeah, so my guess is uh, besides Aline, it's Kristen. What's poppin'? There we go. All right, there we go. All right, but uh, before we get into the barrels, man, I, I want to say shout out to. Uh, I have a couple shout outs. I don't normally do shout outs like say it like that. But anyway, but um shout out to Gloria because Gloria was on my ass about not shouting her out. Uh shout out to Shannon cuz Shannon was on my ass cuz I shouted out Blake and they together. They a team. I apologize. I'm so sorry. Um who else, man? Oh man. Shout out to my mama. Shout out to Jeezy. We call it Jeezy cuz her first name's Joyce. Um let me see, man. Shout out to baby Corey. Um, and, you know, shout out to Fab and, and Kiss, man. Put out a great project. Uh, what was it? Friday on Elm Street. They put out a really great project. Upon first seven listens, I I thought Jada Kiss had them. But then, you know, I started listening to Fab. And it was like a, 
a good mixture of what their albums should sound like every time, but it really hasn't in the recent years. But um, yeah, man, shout out to them. Shout out to my man Pusha. He ain't even got nothing out. I really don't give two fucks. But it's Pusha T. That's my favorite rapper. And segue, Pusha T and Pusha T and Malice were born in the Bronx. So shout out to them. Um, shout out to them, man. I appreciate them and their music. Uh, shout out to Saha, cause uh, Saha got a, a new project out, dope on Sunday. Um, and uh, and um, my last thing before we jump in this episode, man. You know, I on some real shit. I really want everybody to get out there and, and pray for Joel Santana. Cause not not niggas know I fucks with L's. I fucks with L's. L's is my man. Back like cook crack one through three. You feel me? What the game's been missing? I actually bought the album. I see my man didn't. You know what I'm saying, my man out here showing up to TRL with the right side of his teeth on the bottom row gone. I need him to get about four or five teeth on the right side of his mouth. You know, but God bless him. You know, I hope everything all right. Shout out to Dipset, uh, Mace. Mace, 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 go ahead. I gotta say, I haven't heard a diss track like that in a long Might have been, I, I'd, <clears throat> I'd have to say, before Ether. I mean, Ether was, I mean, you kind of expected it, but the fact that, like, you don't expect that out of Mace. I do. You want to know why I say that? Because when he dropped the 10 Years of Hate, that one mixtape with G-Unit, destroyed it. The whole joint. The whole joint. Okay. And he discam on there. He discam on Gatman Freestyle. He yeah. discam Fab. Cam Fab and Loon. All okay. on the same joint. But the thing is, I think people forget that Mace can really rap outside of being... A flashy guy the like that, yeah. yeah, like that's puppy yeah. shit. But the nigga can rap, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was murdered. P Diddy named me pretty. Like, mm-hmm. like, come on, he, mm-hmm. he, he can really rap. Children of the corn shit. So it's like you know, it's one of them things that. Sorry, but my Google search is talking about diss tracks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you need that? <laughs> I'll pull that up. Right. But yeah, I mean, all I want is for Cam. To release this record that he has out. Now the issue with me is you banking on everybody caring about um Okay. Um do you banking on everybody caring about what uh what he did in the past with being a pastor, but you're forgetting the fact that he completely went and did a whole bad boys tour. He hasn't been in the church for God knows how long. Thank you. Um, and God knows how long. So it's like you know you have to take the the initiative to really think, to um really understand that, bro. That whole oh, I'm gonna put your stuff up about you being a reverend and all that. That shit mattered to these kids, bro. Like we don't care if you into hip hop. We want to hear you rap. So if you don't put out the record, you're gonna get meek mill. So. Put out the record show that you could really rap, and we could go from there, you know? So, what did you think about the record, Kristen? I mean, I thought it was decent. I didn't even really expect that from him because he'd been ignoring Cam for so long, honestly. Mm-hmm. So, when he dropped it, it's like, it made you want to listen. Like, I had to play it back, play it back again so I could get every detail of what he was saying. 
Now I'm just waiting for Cam to say something that's not like nursery rhymish. Yeah, you have to. He has to go back to the SDE days. Shout out to SDE mm. podcast. Um, we got something coming down the pipeline with with those guys over there or that guy. You know what I'm saying? Shot people. Shout out to Shot. Um, yeah. Uh, but um, you have to go back to the SDE days and really rap. It's no old boy kind of rapping. There's no come home with me rapping. Like you have to go back to find out why Biggie wanted to sign you. Why Big wanted to be a part of you and your uh up upbringing. So yeah, boy. So um, uh, so yeah, you ready? To just jump into it. Uh, That's good. All right. So the the episode is the South. I mean, I'm sorry. The episode is the Bronx. Um, you know, earlier today, well, at this point, I'm dropping this a whole another week later. But whatever. But um, I put on IG as a hint to where I was going for my next barrel is. If it wasn't for the Bronx, this rap shit probably would never be going on. Mm-hmm. So, you know, shout out to uh, Lord Tariq and Peter Guns. But let's go back to the beginning. The Cool Hurts. The, um, you know, the Busy Bees and all that, that kind of stuff. So, um, what do you, what do you think about, you know, what, okay. Let's start with this. Why do you think? Because on the last episode, when we were talking about the Woo episode, you were talking about, you know, I know Cool Herc pretty much started everything. Mm-hmm. And you called him a cornerstone of hip-hop. Mm-hmm. So, like, why? Where? Give, give me a little bit of background. Because, you know, the average person that's listening to this right. is within <clears throat> my age bracket. And they're not doing the real research like right. I would be doing for my episodes. So, if you could, like, kind of catch them up with, to speed of... Cool Herc, uh, the Busy Bees, uh, the Curtis Blows, the African Band Body, yeah. like that whole <clears throat> generation of hip hop in the Bronx. Um, well, it starts with like, like, like I did. Um, I went to when I was in college. I was taking a class on music and migration as it related to Black people. Mm-hmm. And so, my 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 professor was talking about like slaves in the field mm-hmm. and it didn't it didn't resonate with me and i was like wait a minute i'm i'm hip-hop you know what i'm saying i grew up with hip-hop so how can i how can i freak this and she was like well you can do it any way you want long as it sounds intellectual mm-hmm. so that led me to a book called can't stop won't stop by a guy named jeff chain and in that he started off talking about the social part of hip-hop Hip hop didn't just—it wasn't just born out of nothing. Mm-hmm. It was born from the fact that in the fifties, post World War II, the the white people left the Bronx, and like they ran. You know, the Bronx used to be one big expressway. Um, I mean, one one big borough. I'm sorry, and they ran the Cross Bronx Expressway through it, and that split the Bronx. Mm-hmm. And so. In society, as white people go, their money goes, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So that led to the formation of different gangs on each side of the borough. So you get the Apaches, you get the the Navid, the Savage Nomads, um, you get all these gangs. Oh, this episode gonna be so good. And 
you know, when it comes to the beginning of hip hop, like y'all don't know, but we sitting here right now and I got my laptop up and I love Netflix. And there's a documentary on Netflix called Rubble Kings. Mm -hmm. I actually, it was a Kickstarter and I actually gave money to it because I was like, yo, this shit is legit. And one person that executive produced it, who you would never think would be Jim Carrey. Really? Jim Carrey, because the guy who did it, you know, he was trying to get money for it, da 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 and Jim Carrey gave him the last little push. You know what's odd about Jim Carrey? He's he's a fantastic artist. Mm-hmm. He can paint. He did this painting of Jesus. Mm-hmm. It is the most amazing piece of artwork I've ever seen. Like, did I ever show you that? It is. I'll, I'll show you after this, John. But he um, it is it's amazing. And people think he's crazy. He's, bro. he's not crazy. He's he's he did something. He did something wrong. Yeah. We'll leave it at that because yeah. I like my podcast being on. But he did something <laughs> wrong. So you have Rebel Kings, and Rebel Kings talks about the start of hip hop, along with that book um, "Can't Stop, Won't Won't Stop" by Jeff Chang. So I use that as my springboard to learn about hip hop. Um, so hip hop started because you had a lot of the economic. The, the economic base of the Bronx was gone. Mm-hmm. You know, the whites and the Jews left the Bronx and it left the blacks and Puerto Ricans and blacks and Hispanics in the Bronx. And by the 50s, Spanish. it was coming apart. Excuse me. And then by the 60s, you had the guys who were coming back, the late 60s and early 70s, they were coming back from Vietnam. A lot of people were coming back drug addicts. And military train. Mm-hmm. And by then, the money is long gone. So that's why the Bronx looks like looked like it did. It looked, it was a third world country. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You ever seen a picture of the Bronx in the 70s? Mm-hmm. Man, it looked like hell. They used to call the Inferno Bronx. Yeah, because everything... Cause Even the landlords wanted to burn their buildings down so that they could get the insurance money. Right. That's what Jersey looked like in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um... I remember my father was telling me about that mm-hmm. years ago. So, you know, the Rubble Kings showed it in depth. You know, it, and um, and it didn't really talk about hip hop as a as an art form. It talked about hip hop from the social aspect. Mm-hmm. So that's where I picked it up, and with with you know how I approach school and how I approach learning was through the sociologist aspect what led these people it was the gangs you know the gangs it was, it was a lot of killing a lot of stabbing and you had the peace accord mm-hmm. where all the gangs got you know got together and they said peace mm-hmm. um, it, it literally shows them saying peace at the community center and so from that it just so had everything came together at once you had Cool Herc he was DJing he had his parties um, Flash Grandmaster Flash figuring out how to do the break Mm-hmm. You had the B-Boys coming together and staying, instead of saying, yo, I'm going to fight I'm gonna fight your crew. You're going to fight my crew. Now we're going to dance. Mm-hmm. And there's a story, you know, one of the cops pulled up on a B-Boy competition, you know, contest. And they were like, yo, are they fighting? Somebody was like, nah, man, they dancing. And it was it was like, oh, yo, I'm going to put my best dancer out. You're going to put your best dancer out. That's how the culture started. Mm-hmm. So... Hip hop didn't just start in the seventies. It started before that with the advent of them leaving the Bronx. 
Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So that's why Cool Herc, Flash, um, Busy B, Busy B, Fat Five Freddy. Mm -hmm. I didn't Treasures know where he, Three. Treasures Three, Blondie, mm -hmm. which is which I'm gonna show you on this. Um, they're all influential in the start of hip hop mm -hmm. because it was supposed to start as a gimmick. Okay. But the social aspect of it is what let it like one of them one of them uh like in a in a thought of like how slaves like had like the white people took everything. Mm -hmm. So you leave me with nothing, so I work with what you give me. Mm -hmm. Which mm -hmm. like the chitlins and shit like that exactly. and the and slavery and shit like that. Yeah. So um so but um people um I forgot to say this this major part. Kristen is actually from the Bronx. So tell me what it's like growing up in the Bronx. Like what what is one what's your fondest memory of being in the Bronx? Uh, your favorite summer, uh, the culture, fashion, um, just you know, just just give me like a nice little nice little piece on that, like, cause I mean, shout out to Auntie Ann, I love you, baby. <laughs> shout out to her uncle D, DJ Fee. Um, when I go to New York, I'm always in the Bronx at this point, cause that's like my aunt's there. So um, I I love seeing the culture now, but what was it like? Growing up in the 90s in the Bronx? I mean, growing up in the Bronx for me, it was like exciting, you know? Like, <clears throat> to make it clear for most people that do know me or whatever, and probably gonna be like, yo, she's not really from New York. <laughs> I spent 15 years in New York, so I'm actually really from there, really raised there, mm. or whatever. Had a couple of summers there, a lot of summers actually, there. And it was like, crazy growing up there it was just fun you know like it's, it was carefree but the most memorable summer i ever had had to be the summer of 2001 mm -hmm. i'm gonna say this because best of me remix was lit oh mm. god wow. Jada kiss hope. knock yourself out was lit oh, oh nice. no that was my that was Yo, my that best was a good summer. summer what else came out oh man all day the league keep dancing because i like how the ass shake in the that was the summer like i graduated out of eighth grade that summer like mm. that was that was a good summer for me like it was rememberable i know that like the local drug dealer fixed up the basketball court around the way or whatever and had the summer to summer tournament popping. It was just like a cool summer. Plus, you know, you had everybody. Ja Rule was hitting them in the head with summer classics. Shout out the rule. Yes. Shout out the rule. We didn't get to really touch on that. Right. But we got Queens episodes. But and then, um, you, and then you know you like you had Jada. Like that's Yonkers right there. The paper towel bandana. Mm. Who ain't mimicked that? I tried that <laughs> shit and it broke every time, Who yo. Who ain't mimicked that? You know, that and I didn't like, want to get in trouble, so I just usually wipe my hands and shit. That was like <laughs> my, my best summer. Like, mm -hmm. a lot of shit happened to me that summer. So, so what's that, um, what's fashion like? Like, you know, because I remember we was at work, we were just talking about um, Vanson and stuff like that. And like, I you mean, Vanson was shit always. Like that. Vances back then was lit. But what are Vances to people that don't know what that is? It's a leather jacket. Okay. It's really for motorcycle riders, mm -hmm. but you know, once mm -hmm. once people once the culture get a hold of it, 
and freaky then you know that's what it is you know cam just i mean cam my bad fab just posted a picture with the lime green the blue vance and oh, sure did. with the lime green the blue nine sevens mm-hmm. some that's how that's how it would have looked back then that's how they would have did it back then you know what i'm saying so it was that what else was it the carolina blue of course you always had to have a rocker with the lawsuit on oh, deck. Boy. That's that's back then. Mm-hmm. With the with the headband. I mean not the headband. Uh yeah, the headband. They had the sweatband. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> had a sweatband, hollow shaking a little bit. Oh, Just man. stuff like that. Like that was going on when I was like around that era, around mm-hmm. two thousand, two thousand and one. Favorite shoe that came out that summer. What was that? Was that the elevens that came out that Elevens. Powder blue, the red ones. I remember Oh, the low top joints. The ones that just came low back top. out. I remember I got straight A's that, that quarter. Mm-hmm. My report card came. My stepdad bought me those uh, powder blue ones. My best friend was online at Jimmy Jazz, and I was online at Motels. Like, you still had to be online, but <laughs> that's what it Mo- was, yo. <laughs> you can't tell me. I worked hard for them straight A's. He, he said he was going to buy me Easter sneaker. Yep. Always had to be fresh on Easter. Like, oh, man. can't go wrong with that. Man, man. It was just... New York is just different, yo. Like, even if I have a kid, I want my kid to be raised in New York. I don't even want to live up there no more, but I would move there so my kid could be raised in New York. It's it, even though it's a whole different generation, it's just nothing beats New York, yo. Like that place is exciting. Yeah. I just can't live there no more, yeah. but it's very exciting. You know what's crazy to me? I say this all the time. How people from Baltimore get so excited to go to New York. I guess because like my whole life going back and forth up there, you know. No disrespect to the episode, but constantly going back and forth to Far Rock and Redfern and Queens, it's just like, it's like nothing to me to like be like, oh, we're going to New York. Oh, okay. We're just road trip. Go up and come back. You know, see all my family. And the reason why I did this season like this for the five boroughs because at this point in my life, like every, my family's so spread out in New York that I'm not like everybody else that, you know, they take that that bus trip up there. Like, I have to drive up there. I have that much family that I have to be able to see everybody in each, damn near each borough. Mm-hmm. Shit, one time me and Kristen, we did all five, damn near all five boroughs in one fucking day. Mm-hmm. Oh, what the fuck? Yeah. I think I was just too busy. <laughs> <laughs> in my own world, I'm just driving. Like I'm supposed to be doing my bags to go to LaGuardia. Transfer to LaGuardia yeah. and shit. Yeah. And I'm just driving like we everywhere. I'm just like, damn, like how the how the fuck we get in Brooklyn? Bro, we <laughs> showed up was in Brooklyn. I don't I don't think people I don't think people acknowledge the fact that New York City as a as a as a whole is pretty much the capital of the world. For the most part, for the most part, it is. Everybody is familiar with New York. With New York, you know, and so. So much has come from it, like Wu Tang. Mm-hmm. Um, like I don't know if you, you know, here's a here's a dumb drunk fact because we have been drinking. Shout out to all the <laughs> drinks we have. <laughs> um, but Brooklyn, the borough of Brooklyn, if it was its own city, it'd be the fourth largest city in the United States. I didn't know that. You know, I do remember remember you telling me it's the biggest borough. It's the biggest, but it'd be the fourth large. I'm from Detroit. Detroit is somewhere like out like 12th, 13th on the list. Mm. Excuse me. And I always thought Detroit was big. Mm-hmm. You know, but Brooklyn itself, if it was its own city, it would be the fourth largest city in the United States behind 
um, oh, I want to say L.A., Chicago. I think they somehow they they include New York, all five. But mm-hmm. if it was, you know, it, it sit behind, which says a lot when you think about that. That's a pretty big fucking say. Yeah. Because people think New York, you know, people think the boroughs are like little villages, mm-hmm. like they little small cities. Nah, bro. I never understood why people think that though. Like. Are you fucking serious? Because they don't be up. <laughs> because they don't go. <laughs> yeah. And 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 you're right. You know, people don't realize that the you know you have five you have five cities, and one. It's like having five Baltimores. Yeah, exactly. But in, in size varying, but people don't realize it. That's why, like, yo, I can't make this shit up. These niggas be getting so excited to do bus trips to New York, and I don't think nothing of it. Mm-hmm. Because like all my life we've been going back and forth, so mm-hmm. it's like one of them things. Like, okay, we going to New York now. Um, my pops told me a story. He said when in the um, late sixties, he was you know early. You know that's he was born in nineteen fifty, but I was business out there. He said everybody wanted to go to New York. He said he didn't realize how busy it was. He said he went to New York. Got off the train, saw how busy it was, and didn't realize it was that many people. Got on the train and went right back home. <laughs> it was like, I'm out. Now, we're going to take a pause for the calls because Kristen just shouted out Rockaway Outfits. And you know me. I was <laughs> Oh, down. no. I got to get a picture on the screen. <laughs> it's, you had Air Forces for that, didn't you? I had uh, Oh, my God. <laughs> Yo, this is yo. A, I see what you did there. Yo, one with the side joint. Yo. You know, with the rock away. Yo, this is straight from like uh, two thousand. Yeah, bro, I couldn't oh, get rid of it. I, I had a navy blue one. Nice to wear them with the uh, <laughs> what's them joints? What's them team Jordans that they call? The ones. Yeah, bro, I couldn't get rid of it. I, I couldn't. Yeah, man, I I could not get rid of it. <laughs> yeah, bro, I couldn't oh, get rid of it. Bruh, that's wow. Yeah, yo. man. And that's, oh, that's man. the straight rockerwear from 90, 99, you know who I forgot to talk about, though? From, you said what was my favorite time, and I picked like 2000, 2001, mm-hmm. right? So I got to bring it back to 99 real quick. Right? I remember mm-hmm. one day, I, I I don't know, I can't remember if this was the summer or was it like spring. But I know I ain't have no coat on, so it had to be spring. I used to go to Kipps Bay, it's a boys and girls club or mm-hmm. whatever. Like, my mom used to go there, I used to play basketball there, swim team or whatever, the case may be. And motherfucking big punk. Ah, good subway. Thank you so much. Motherfucking big punk came through. So the kids is going crazy, but I'm like starstruck. And I'm just sitting there looking at this nigga like, this is motherfucking Big Pun pulling up in the Money Green Acura. Mm. Bruh. My man handed me $100. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. He picked me out of the crowd of all these kids and was like, you can split it with whatever you want to split it with. So these kids, bro. I was going to split this shit with this girl, Whitney. Mm-hmm. That was my home girl. Like we used to play ball together, or whatever. She went to PS one like one seventy four, and I went to one thirty one. But Kim's Bay was like the in the center. Like all the kids went there, or whatever. And I was gonna split it with her. Some Jordans was about to come out and everything. You know, we wore a size three. Jordans like fifty dollars. Fuck it, let's go up the block to Jimmy Jazz and get these sneakers. Mm-hmm. Kids went up there, ran. 
they took they took my hundred dollars. It's a dope. Took my hundred dollars from me and um gave it to the food truck man. His name was Mr. John. I never forget because he had a banging ass um cheese sandwich. It was shit but bread, mayo, cheese, lettuce, salt, pepper, oil, and vinegar. A one sandwich. Like no meat. The shit was like a dollar fifty, yo. Oh, that's, it's a, the best that's a lot of ever. shit for a dollar fifty, bro. Like best ever, yo. With the chips, it was the wise chips because you know in New York they eat the wise chips. Yeah. It's the original chips with ketchup on it. Hand to the man, the best pork meal I ever had. Because <laughs> I, I, I couldn't make that shit in the house. I would ask my hey, brother to go yeah. get me a roll so I could make the shit myself. Mm-hmm. The hair roll was never right. I don't know where he got his bread from. The cheese wasn't right. He must have used deli sliced cheese and not craft cheese. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, that shit was legit, but <laughs> the lady was like, here go 10 people, give them all $10. So by the time my moms came up there to get my money, the shit was spent. These kids ran through that $100 that wasn't even for them. I'm really mad about that. <laughs> Still, I see. Dead ass. <laughs> so what happened? Cause you know he died not too long after that. After I met him, you know he died February 2000. Oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. That, it was like 99. Cause we ain't have no, we ain't have no shirts on. I mean, no um, coats and nothing on. So it was nice outside. We gonna we gonna pause on pun. I do want to get the pun, but keep it back to you know the beginning. Not so much the beginning, but like you know the 80s, 80s, 90s. Um, Slick Rick mm-hmm. is Slick Rick the best storyteller in hip hop? Mm, no. Who is? Right. Uh, you know what? In that era, let's just put okay. that era. In that era, without a doubt, Slick Rick, without a doubt. Um, <sighs> in that era, and it was only it was only because he was so different. Because mm-hmm. you know he's actually from London. From London. Mm-hmm. So he had the accent. Plus, my man had the gold just dripping. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, for that era, and his voice was kind of, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't it wasn't a KRS-One. Dun, 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 rock on. It was kind of mm-hmm. kind of singy-soggy. Okay. <clears throat> so, yeah, for that era, yeah. Okay, now, don't kill me for this. Okay. I am not a KRS-One fan. Okay. I respect... His legacy, his music, and all that. Vic mm-hmm. kills me every day about this because I don't listen to KRS-One. Mm-hmm. I love Step Into My World, though. Okay. Love the remix. I love I love that record. I understand what he stands mm-hmm. for in hip-hop. Yes. And I appreciate him for being who he is in hip-hop. I'm just not a huge fan of his music. I'll listen to it. I agree with you. Oh, really? I agree with you. I, I'm not like, like, cool hurt. Mm-hmm. DJ. You know, we're looking at him right here. Mm-hmm. He is the... The one of the main bricks of the foundation of the culture. Mm-hmm. I am not a cool Herc fan as a DJ. He is not one of the best. I think Just Blaze. I love Just Blaze. Is the best DJ. Shout out to Blaze, bro. Like you don't understand. You made my childhood so much greater. So much, you know, toss up between Just Blaze and Pete Rock. Uh huh. You know what I'm saying? I follow Pete Rock on IG. That that is one of the most intelligent dudes I've ever yeah. followed. So yeah. I I, I agree with you. K, K, I'm not a fan of KRS-One, but mm-hmm. you can't deny his standing in the culture. Yes. So do you feel like... All right, so Cool Hurt. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like what the DJ has become now has changed the scenery of hip-hop and it changed 
not the same, but the demographic. Like, what a DJ was in the 80s is not what a DJ is now. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of hard because it, you know, like, you have people like Khaled mm-hmm. that can get booked for a show mm-hmm. on that. Mm-hmm. Now, when I went to the, uh, when I went to, yes, I went to the Beyonce tour and it was fucking awesome. That was one of the best performances I've ever seen anyone ever do. But he performed and he's doing these records and then he gets behind there and do like regular DJing turntables and all that. But then it's like, for the most part, you're, you're kind of like a artist. You're not the DJ how normally they are. They stay behind a turntable. They'd only do, they'd only like promote the parties and keep the crowd going. They aren't the rapper. Mm-hmm. But I, I kind of along the lines like, Busy B was a DJ, right? Was he a DJ? Uh, he, he was, was, a, yeah, he was he, an MC. He was he was an MC. He kind of did it all. Yeah. Produce, rap, DJ. He kind of did it all. Mm-hmm. So like it's kind of like the shit has like changed. Like it's just getting to a point. Khaled makes really good albums, really good albums. But <clears throat> you're still a DJ, and then it kind of takes the shine away from the artist mm-hmm. to put out a record if. You're not gonna promote it. You just wanna be on it. It's well, kind of hard. In my mind, Khaled is nothing but a 2017 DJ Clue. Because remember, mm. DJ Clue would put out an album, and you hear his voice all on it. DJ Clue presents the professional. Yeah. You know, I think the hottest. You know, um, uh, what, what's the song Jay Z did with Maya? Um, uh, Best of Me. Best, Best of Me. Yeah. So that whole album was pretty much like a Rockefeller <laughs> album. It just had put it on, yeah, you know. So I think, uh, I think, I, I particularly, it takes a few songs for me to get into a Khaled album. Mm-hmm. Um, but where it, because you gotta remember, hip hop started with DJ, DJ Hurt, Flash, mm-hmm. DJ Teddy Ted, you know. So it's. It's changed, so this is just an evolution of the DJ mm-hmm. into Khaled being, you know, like um, Redman has DJ Scratch. Uh huh. You know what I'm saying? Um, Scratch a tour too. Scratch a tour is with who? I want to say he's with Redman. Yeah. Um, you know, Gangstar. It was it was Guru and, and DJ Premier. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, so. The DJ was always kind of in the 80s and 90s. It was kind of in the back, mm-hmm. do the records. You know what I'm saying? Which, by the way, one of the best DJs ever who I witnessed with my own two eyes is Jesse Jeff. Did you see him when he was here, like last year? I didn't see him here. I saw him in Atlanta. A okay. Years ago. Oh my God. They said he he fucked this shit up um, out here. So effortless. The, the city of light shit that was here last year. Yeah, they yeah, said yeah, he yeah, killed yeah. that shit. Bro. I was I didn't see it. But have you ever seen DJ Jesse Jeff? No. You gotta see it. It is mind changing because he is so effortless and he's a true DJ. Mm-hmm. Khaled, like you say, he wants to be an artist as a DJ. Mm-hmm. So not taking anything away from him being no, a DJ no, no, when not, he wasn't like DJ and DJ. You know who else started out as a as a radio DJ? Ludacris. Ludacris. Mm-hmm. DJ Lover. 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 Yep. So I mean, you you can't take anything away from. I can't take it as a as a hip hop nerd. Mm-hmm. I can't take any, anything away from Khaled because he's just an evolution of what the DJ what, has become. Yep. 
Um, Preston, what was it like growing up hearing Flex on the radio? What was Hot 97 like growing up? Um, Angie, Angie Martinez, Kid Capri. I think Capri was on that. Clue. K Slay. I don't know if you... You don't look like you listen to K Slay, but... <laughs> what was that like? What was what was the on air personalities like in hip hop in New York? Angie Martinez is along with Wendy Williams, unfortunately, even though they have beef. Mm-hmm. They are the two reasons why I went to school for radio. Okay. So that's what it was like growing up mm-hmm. listening to Angie Martinez. Like she inspired me to want to go, you know, to school to do communications. And see what it's like to be on the radio. However, plan didn't pan out right, but <laughs> they were still my inspiration. You know, we had Doug Banks in the morning. Ah, uh, that's what it was. Damn. Damn and Lover and Dr. Dre. Yep, yep. Growing up in New York, you know. My uncle was in uh in Who's the Man? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Shout out to Uncle Polo. I, I, you know, I really don't know you, but I'm, I'm working on something. I, because I really want you on this Queens episode. ZZ, put, put that together for me, baby. But um, Flex, Flex is from the Bronx, so t- let's focus more on Flex. What was crazy is, I can't really say growing up I listened to Flex. Really? It wasn't until I was old enough to listen to Flex. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because. He always been that type, like, you know, he going to say what he want to say, and that is what it is. Mm-hmm. So my mother being the mother is like, uh, you know, Flex might drop some bombs on it. You listen to it, and that's it. But the commentary, you might got to, like, slow it down a little bit, change the channel. <laughs> New York fucking city, <laughs> tri-state area, pay close a fucking attention to what the fuck is going on. On air. Now, on now, air. Now here's the thing. Not to cut you off, but that's that's one of the things that kind of clued us in to like the fact that New York hip hop, Hot 97, uh, 105, Power 105. Yeah. Like they were just legit because remember I grew up overseas, mm-hmm. so we got things kind of late. So the fact that um, Flex was cussing on the radio. And we would hear, like, folks would, you know, record the radio, you know, record the radio all day on tape. You know, you keep it, you bring it, you bring it back. I remember recording 97.9. Yeah. Like, like 98 WGL, WJLB. In Detroit, I remember recording it all night. So you had folks who were recording the radio in New York, sending it back, sending it, you know, somebody, cousin, brother, whatever. And we in Germany listening to Hot 97. And you hear, you know, whatever flunk, uh, uh, Funk Flex or Angie Martinez, and they cussing on the radio. They're playing songs with cussing. Uh-huh. We're like, is this real? <laughs> they could do that? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that just, like, for us, it was like, damn, New York is, they get away with everything. Like, the Mecca. Yeah. The Mecca. Right. Yeah. So you did say something about Kid Capri, which is crazy, because I met him one time, too. My grandmother lives off Sedgwick. Mm-hmm. Mm. And he had a beauty salon on Kingsbridge, mm-hmm. which is it's the intersection. It's the intersection of Sedgwick and Kingsbridge, and his salon was like on a hill. And he would be in there every now and then, or whatever. Real cool dude, or whatever. But he's not really like my DJ. Like I didn't listen to him. That's not my mother and them listening to. Him. Oh, okay. Not not your era. Yeah. Okay. But I knew of him. I met him. My uncle was actually real cool with him, so 
just was around. Hmm. All right, so uh, cannabis. Switching, mm. just switching gears real quick, real random. Uh, cannabis uh, is from the Bronx. Um, I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. I I did research. I hope that that's true. Um, let's double check real quick. And that's you know that's something else. Like growing up, you know, being fifteen, sixteen. Um, let's see how how was that? So that was ninety five, ninety six. You know, even up through the early two thousands. Unless somebody said like, you knew Jay Z was from Marcy Project. Mm-hmm. You know, you knew Big was from Brooklyn. Um, you you knew where certain like you knew Niles was from Queensbridge. He is from the Bronx. So. And and unfortunately for the Bronx, unless you were KRS One, mm-hmm. you were forgot. You people didn't know what borough you were from. And it wasn't until I was about until pretty much I started doing my research and focusing on hip hop. He was actually born in Jamaica. I apologize. I knew that shit too. Okay, um. but you know even him. Like like we knew the beef when uh five four three two one came out. Yeah. You bro. you you knew the beef between cannabis and LL, and you knew LL was from Farmers Boulevard in Queens. You knew Tribe Called Quest was from Linden Avenue in Queens. Um, but the Bronx has always been that forgotten borough. His mother was originally from England. Damn. Um, yeah. Uh. I didn't know Luther Vandross was from the Bronx. Y'all knew that? No, I didn't know that. That I didn't know. Yeah, upon research, uh, I found <laughs> out that Luther Garbrush's soul Vandross is from fucking um, the Bronx. Yeah, the Bronx has so much history. Yeah, and you know what? To be completely <clears throat> honest, the Bronx, the Bronx, and the Wu Tang, I figured would be my hardest. Burrows to do for this season because I don't know so much like offhand without doing research. I know a lot of shit about Brooklyn. Going back and forth with the Queens, right. I know a lot of shit about Queens. Right. I know a lot of shit about Harlem from the Dipset era and shit like that. Yep. So I always felt like it would be, you know, kind of hard for me to do that and shit. And part of that, I think, is the fact that, like I said, Bronx is that forgotten borough. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it's unfortunate because that is the that is the birthplace. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's it's agreed upon that 1520 Sedgwick and that community in that in that community room in that building is the start of the culture. You know what I'm saying? You you cannot say hip hop without saying 1520 Sedgwick, and it just sucks. So like the first time I went to the Bronx, I went to um I was up on like Grand Concourse in Jerome. Grand Concourse. I know that shit. That's down the street from my aunt house. You know what I'm saying? Or the next block over or something like that. And I was like, of course, like like you said earlier, everybody who goes to New York who's not from New York, it's just like eyes wide open. Like, oh my God, like I'm, I'm here. Yo, sidebar, I remember the first time I was going to New York, I was going for my best friend's uh, baby shower. Mm-hmm. Um, her husband didn't want to go. He had a 350Z. So he was like, oh my God, somebody going to steal my car. She was like, no, just don't drive it. <laughs> you know what I'm so she was like he was like oh i'm not gonna go i'm not gonna go so she was like lame you want to go i was like hell yeah good chance to go to new york i'm on it so we we took the train up to uh penn station 
switched over going up to the Bronx. The first time somebody dude had on a, it was like April, dude had on a bubble coat and Tim's. He was like, yo, pardon me, son. I was like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> you said B? <laughs> yes. You, you know said B, son? So, yeah, that's, that's, that's the thing about New York. Everybody's always enamored with New York. You know. Yeah, they be loving that accent, yo. Yeah, yeah. I can't even lie though. When my girlfriend talks to me sometimes, I just be like, say that shit again. <laughs> <laughs> you, it, you heard me. You heard me. I'm trying to tell you some good shit. I be like, I be saying that Please, shit like that I'm not shit. from there. Yeah, That's right. the thing. Man, I love that shit, man. So some New people York be like, yeah, you still got your accent, or they, or some people who never heard it be like, you know, you starting to get your accent back a little bit. Like, thank my girlfriend, yo. Like. <laughs> Man, listen, New York women. Oh God. <laughs> oh God. Oh God. Oh God. I appreciate y'all so much. You hear me? No, listen. I appreciate y'all so much. Like you just thick thighs. Nah, man, you nice going up for real. Hey, I said, all right, my bad, my bad, my bad, my bad, my bad, my bad. All right, my bad. Hey, yo, hey, yo. Universal Hip Hop Museum is coming to the Bronx. Um, 2018 or 2019 or something like that. Um, Curtis Blow is the chairman on it. Uh, I think that is, that is amazing. I think that should have been done. I also feel like more people within hip hop should be involved in it. Um, because it's our history and we have a rich history that takes over the whole world and I feel like something like that should have been started years ago um you got to remember that when hip-hop started and and actually time to break out this mm. um what y'all don't know is I have an original X uh, a double XL magazine from 1998 I don't remember what month uh, 98? Yeah, this from 98. That's about to be 20 years old. Yep. On the back. On the back. Oh, no, on the bottom. On the bottom. Right here on the bottom. It's just it. Uh, doesn't say it. It doesn't? Okay. Let me see. Oh, no, no, no. Right here. You see it on there? Should be. October 98, I think. May 98? I can't remember. Oh, go. here we go. September. Yeah, this is from September. That's right. that shit right there. Drunk facts. Drunk facts. <laughs> but, but um, what what this is is have y'all ever heard the greatest day? In I music? remember seeing this. Yeah. yeah. Have y'all ever heard about the greatest day in music? He was like two years old. So right. Like, no, I, no. Recently, <laughs> fuck out of here. I wasn't two years old. I was uh, I was in the fourth grade. So <laughs> yeah, I hate you. This, I hate this you so was. Much. All right, in the 50s, um, uh, um, a, a photographer, a filmmaker named Gordon Parks, look him up, very important in black culture. He made the movie Shaft. Um, Gordon Parks took a picture of jazz artists mm -hmm. in this same fashion. So when I saw this magazine in 98, because, you know, my pops is a big jazz head, I just knew that this was a special cover. I didn't know it was a collector. I just knew I wanted to keep it. So my mother actually held it for me in a in a in in a plastic bin. I just never got rid of it for good reason. But if you look at this, oh my god! If you look at this picture, you know what I'm saying. If you if you know some of the faces, like you have, you got Rozelle, you got 
Lord Lord Tariq and Peter Guns, who if it wasn't for them, they don't get enough credit. If mm-hmm. it wasn't for them, the Bronx would not be it it wouldn't be a um you know, their their song put the Bronx back on the map. Mm-hmm. Especially people not from New York. If it wasn't for the Bronx... This rap shit probably never wouldn't be going on. So tell me where you from. Uptown, baby. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, me... You know, we talked about KRS-One. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's crazy. And you just knew KRS-One. That was a good record, too. Jerseys came back over right there. Yeah. Too, mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Had to have that Yankee jersey to button up. That? Uh, FUBU was there, too, with it. FUBU, yeah. Mm-hmm. FUBU was there. And so, it was like, okay, F is well, for the fattest of my shit. <laughs> And it was like, okay, so why are they talking about the Bronx? Mm-hmm. And then, like, Ice Cube, when, when he said, I started this gangster shit, and mm-hmm. this is the motherfucking thanks I get. Mm-hmm. So then you're like, okay, well, what did he start? And now you know they started gangster rap. Mm-hmm. So with them saying, if it wasn't for this rap shit, if it wasn't for the Bronx, they're like, okay, well, what part did the Bronx play? You know it because you, cause you lived there. You grew up there. You know it because you got a, a strong attachment to New York. I'm from Detroit, plus growing up overseas, the Bronx was an afterthought. It was like, where? It just sounded grimy, Bronx. Like, <laughs> like what is that? So, dirty, with this picture, and, and, and especially like, you know, bringing it full, you know, bringing it back to the hip hop museum, this was taken in 98. 96, Tupac was murdered. Mm-hmm. 97, Big was murdered. Mm-hmm. It was weird. You know what I'm saying? Hip hop was weird. Folks didn't want to step on nobody's toes for fear that bullets was. was a good, yeah, too. What happened to 08? Oh, my bad. 98. Oh. Okay, I was, <laughs> 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 98 was a good, yeah, too. <laughs> <laughs> when you look at this picture, you got Mac 10, <laughs> you got the Brat, you got Crucial Conflict, Exhibit, you got the, the Hieroglyphics. Um, who else is up in here? I think they recorded this on a beef uh Fat DVD. Joe, fat, yeah. ass right there. fat Joe, uh-huh. Kid Capri. I um, feel like Rock Kim is over here. Right. right? Yeah, Rock Kim is in. Yeah, he's right on here. This he's right yep. here. That's Rock Kim. Yep. Right. Uh where was it? He don't have a hat on. Um, you got um Rod Digger, you got Nikki D. Um, you know, you got all these rappers. So in ninety eight with this issue, folks was coming together. Like, yo, we just lost two giants in the culture. We need to bring it back together. Mm-hmm. So I like the fact that you say there's a hip hop museum. And Curtis, Curtis, like Curtis Blow, um, Marley Marl, MC Shan, even Cool G Rap. All these guys need to be on on the yeah yeah yeah, yeah help yourself. Um, all these guys need to be there, but at the same time, they're they're also like Blondie. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Who exactly is Blondie? You keep okay. referencing. So yeah, I keep I keep referencing. And what happened was, the DJ started first. Mm-hmm. The party started first. Uh, yeah, CeeLo's in there. Goody Mob. Uh, you see uh, Cujo. Um, so hip hop was supposed to be a gimmick. Um, there was because you had rap. You know, you had rappers delight. Um. You know, chicken tastes like wood. Oh, mm-hmm. shit, you know what I'm saying? Shit. So it was supposed to be kind of funny. It was supposed to be people didn't expect it to be around longer than ten years. Mm-hmm. So and then on top of that, and this is where Fat Five Freddy came in, Fat and even cool, uh, K Slay, because I have a picture. K Slay was a graffiti artist. He was a graffiti artist in the '70s. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
Blondie Blondie first performed rap at a club called CBGB. That's Russell Simmons. And CBGB was a, was a club. My man Shahid. Yeah, Shahid right there in the front, the rugged child. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I mean, mad noise like a Metallica record. With Blondie, she performed a rap at CBGB, and she was a punk rocker. That's the white girl. Yeah. Say Buster. And she was, and she did it. She She's one of the first rappers. She Fat Five Freddy helped her write her rap. Because folks thought it was a gimmick. Oh, you got this. You got this pretty white lady. You know what I'm saying? She's rapping. Ha 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 ha. And then all of a sudden, the culture stuck. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it led to. I think she rapped in '79, and then MTV started in 1980. Um, and MTV back then showed music videos. It was all music videos. So you had a little bit, you know, you had a little bit of the culture there. And then by 86, with the Fresh Prince and DJ Jazzy Jeff winning the first Grammy, folks were like, oh shit, this is a legit music art form. So Blondie is one of the first rappers. She's one of the first ones to get it out because CBGB was a punk rock club where like people like the Ramones, Iggy Pop, um... Where they perform and all this blondie nuts to sticky fingers? The white lady. Yeah. Oh, the white lady. She's the only one oh, in there. Oh, right here. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you have this white lady who's rapping. And it was a little corny little rap. But it was like, yo, who is she? She's one of the first rappers, one of the first people that that brought the rap art form from this side of the quote unquote tracks with the blacks and the Puerto Ricans and Folks, you know these kind of folks, um, to mainstream white society. So that's why I keep I keep saying Blondie because she was one of the first rappers to to cro- quote unquote uh, crossover. Um, the bridge is over. Mm-hmm. Um, MC Shan versus KRS One. Mm-hmm. What do you think? What did that do for hip hop? You got it? I don't got that. <laughs> <laughs> but the song is like playing in my head a little bit. Like, I can't, South but I Bronx, can't, like, because I'm just sure. looking at this magazine, like, that say September 29th, 1998. That's oh, blowing your mind. 1986. But it's not blowing my mind because of the date. The date is, like, significant. In other ways, yo, that's the first day that I got my first parental advisory album. Ah, Word? Yeah, yeah. Life of Tom to Sean Carter, nigga, value two. Ah, yo, niggas ain't which, ready? Which, wow. I mean, what? we... Wow, that's dope. Mm. Uh, he, and he's even, not here. Die? Who? Don't Jay-Z? cry, my yeah. nigga? No, but, you know, you got, like, from, like, 90... From 96 to, like, 01, Jay-Z was kind of... Standoffish. Yeah, I was just about to they say was, that. They shit. was like, "I'm too cool for this." Yeah, shit. yeah, yeah. That's yeah. how I always look at him. That's why I always say Jay is a super cool nigga. Yeah, it's like no matter what he do, like if he do something, it's gotta be cool. If he don't do it, it ain't, it ain't cool. cool. Like, right. and that's even up to now, nigga. I wear not not now, but I wear my Rock Nation hat every fucking day. I wear either the blue one or the black one. And when I go to the 444 tour, I'm definitely getting that one before 444. It's just like, no matter what this nigga does, he is the narrative for us. Fab, him, and Pharrell. 
mm-hmm. is the narrative for my 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 particular generation. Cause Pharrell is the reason why shit is cool like this, like sneakers and bape and and shit like that, colors and shit like that. Mm-hmm. From I'm for our generation. Huh? I'm gonna have my babe. I had babe. I had uh, I had the Iron Man edition. I didn't have the Iron Man. I had, uh, who's orange? Mm, I don't remember who's orange. Who's orange? I'd say. Thing. I think that was the um, I ended up cutting grass in them, though. I remember you telling me that. That's really <laughs> weird. That's really. Let me see. Well, um. Bro, he was wearing a choker in 98. True. But at the same time, I mean, everybody, when it comes to, like, fashion, mm-hmm. you have, of course, it, it all started with. Dapper Dan. That is true. You know what I'm saying? And he was from Harlem? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So that's why Harlem gets the, you know, cool nigga swag. Harlem niggas is really fly though. I they can't are. even. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't even yeah. really like knock them. Like they really so they think. Yeah, when we was up there, that was them niggas was on that shit. And I'm and like, I can't compete with these old niggas <laughs> out here flossing. Sidebar, everybody talks about the four pillars of hip hop. DJ, mm-hmm. rap, b-boy, graffiti. Mm-hmm. And I think it's widely known. Um, That's which, what season two was supposed to be. Oh, okay. Honestly. But the the fifth one has to be fashion. Has to be. Yeah. Has to be. It's. Not, I don't think people have officially recognized it, but it's got to be fashion. Yeah. yeah There's. I mean, with from Jordan. Like everybody talks about Jordans. Jordans are the official shoe of hip hop. Mm-hmm. Air Force. Uh, Air Force ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tim's. Um. Like if you look in the back of that magazine. Oh, I talked about this. You talked they about got it. the chains. They got no, strawberry. No, it's got a um, it's got a fashion <laughs> section. Big as shit. He went bald, real ugly. So, um, <laughs> yeah, J- Jay Z with the fashion, Pharrell. I mean, I bought button downs because of Jay Z. You know what I'm saying? And I just yeah. got rid of them like a couple years ago. That's, that's but wild. to bring it, that's let me wild. see. What, what, what was the question you talked? Oh, the bridge see is that. over. Ah, uh, oh, that's not uh, that's four hundred three, four hundred. Which had back that ass up on it. That is true. That is yeah. true. <laughs> but the bridge is over. Okay, so so to bring it all the way back, mm-hmm. the bridge is over versus South Bronx. My uncle Pharrell. <laughs> my uncle. Um, two up, two down. What up, Pharrell? It was. I didn't. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm like not I from the game. Uh-huh. So <laughs> I did, I really didn't know. <laughs> What that meant? The bridge is over. Um, south, you know, south, south. I just knew I liked the Bronx. South South Bronx, South, south Bronx, Bronx, South South. I just, I just liked the song. I didn't know what beef really was, mm-hmm. especially not coming from New York. We didn't, you know, what I'm saying the first time I really heard beef and rap was, excuse me, was um, the Takeover in Ether, and me being a big Jay Z fan. I was riding with the takeover all the way. And I just knew that he just talked mad shit about life. But. No, I just can't believe it either, though. I and, was in ninth grade, though. Yeah. I remember I went to Grace Dodge and shit in New York. It was right across the street Dodge. from the Bronx Zoo and shit. And that shit dropped. And, and so, I mean, the. The. That, that beef, the South Bronx versus. Um, Queensbridge. It really. Oh, here's here's, here's what I'm talking about. Fashion. That's that's pretty fox. You know mm. what I'm saying? And and they, they bumpy knuckles. Bumpy knuckles. Mm. With the fur and the gaiters. You know what I'm saying? 
He don't get enough credit. No, 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 not. He don't get enough credit. Especially for knocking that nigga out. Yeah. Woo! Lord have mercy. But, um, (laughs) oh, he edited that out. That's right. But anyway. So, yeah, the South Bronx versus um, Queensbridge. Like, Queensbridge didn't mean anything to me Mm -hmm. until I really became a Nas fan. Okay. And I really got into Nas at Stillmatic. Okay. That's when I really understood what Queens what Queensbridge was about. The fact that it's the largest project in the United States. Shout out to Queens, man. Um nigga Vic be on my ass like nigga, you just got a you got an authentic tie to Queens. You I can't say nothing about Queens and you just be mad and though. shit. Stillmatic is the one that I remember and that's the that's the first time I I ever really heard the bridge is over. He he sampled that. Uh-huh. He said the bridge is over, the bridge is over. Yeah. Nah, this is the time we destroy and rebuild. That is the first time destroy that I ever rebuild. Ever, and, ever and heard the, it. And rewind you know, is on that, right? It's rewind I had this conversation with somebody, it's on the next album. The next one. The following album. And then you you know on on top of Nas coming from Queensbridge and now you understand what Queensbridge was about. Mm-hmm. You see the album cover with him as a little kid, with you know what I'm saying the projects, um, and then you have Mob Deep. Mm. So then I mean yeah, recipes prodigy. So Mob Deep was like yo we are here, and then you had um, Capone and Noriega. Mm-hmm. They were from a different part of Queens. Mm-hmm. Left right. Lafrak. So then you like damn like where these guys really. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, now it's it's making sense. So then, you know, when you think back, when I think back to the beef between MC Shan and KRS-One, I'm like, MC Shan really didn't have a leg to stand on because the Bronx, hip-hop was started in the Bronx. Mm-hmm. So what the fuck was he beefing about? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's true. And, and it's through, through you know, years of just reading and learning. It's um, like, the Bronx is... Is it? Give you two, give you a person in a group. Mm-hmm. Sadat X. Mm-hmm. Camp Love. Mm-hmm. Touch on them for uh for us. Um. Lucini, Lucini, let get rich. Sadat X is um underrated. Superman. And I have to say he's he's largely ignored. Sadat X. Mm-hmm. Um, largely ignored because. One, Grand Pooba had a little bit, a little bit smoother swag than him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on top of that, you had Lord Jamar, who was just harsh. Mm-hmm. You know, he just he was just coming raw with it. Mm-hmm. And Sadat X, his flow was different. Mm-hmm. And but but because he was overshadowed by two other personalities, a smooth, a real smooth dude, and then a real harsh dude you know with his flow he got ignored and when he he tried to go solo yeah see honestly my first introduction to Sadat Edson Grand Poo besides Grand Poo being on Mary J Blige joint was mm-hmm. Bread and Butter Bean Song you remember that song Mm-mm. I was your bread and butter I'll, I'll play it matter of fact yeah I'll play it after after we done um, but that was my first introduction to them. I mean, I know the names, mm-hmm. and I know Lord Jamal from being on uh, Oz. Okay. And then I, like, you know, put it back together. But mm-hmm. that was my first introduction to them. And then Camp Low, when they came out with Lucini, Lucini is one of those timeless songs. Yeah. And they, they are one of those, they are a, a group that 
we heard that song. I was in I was in college when that came out. Um, so when it came out, we we heard it. It was, dun, 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 dun. and then the the video. You had these dudes who were dressed in these. They looked like seventy uh, three. Yeah. yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like seventies gangsters. Mm-hmm. The the song and it's a timeless song. You put it on at a party now. I don't care if you're thirty eight, twenty eight. That shit's gonna go hard. Folks, folks gonna be bro. yeah. And you know what's crazy? Um, two things. Uh, the girl. Fuck, I forgot her name. But we thought she was signed to Maybach, but she sampled it. Um, she sampled it and was singing on it. It was her and Rick Ross is on the remix. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, she had sampled it. She had did a really good job. But excuse me, the um, the Camp Low that album. I was listening to that today. Really good fucking album. Mm-hmm. Really good fucking album. I, I mean, mm-hmm. the production was great. The rhymes was was impeccable. Um, they were ahead of their time. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, my song. Mm. You know, I, I I mean, my song, you know, he was good. Um, he came, he got locked up, did a little stint, came back home. And, I mean, I'm not disrespecting him being a rapper at all. But what he's doing for the community now is really what I really want to praise him on. Mm-hmm. Just like, because... I was surprised to see him at the that Million Man March that they did recently. Mm-hmm. He was up there talking. Like, that caught me by surprise. But the fact, the love that he has for the community mm-hmm. is is amazing. Like, most rappers are like that. Mm-hmm. Um, because, like I said before, these people don't just pop up and they're rappers. You know what I'm saying? Africa Bambata was in one of these gangs. Mm-hmm. So when the gang culture changed from um, being one of violence to one of peace mm-hmm. and one of, you know, love within the the music and the dance, Bambada flowed with that. People like Easy E, you know what I'm saying? Easy E was a dude running the streets of Compton to becoming an international known an international internationally known figure so these folks are from the community like uh big sean big sean was just giving out turkeys and i seen that you know which i don't know i guess you can thank nino brown for that <laughs> everybody want to give out turkeys giving out turkeys like nino brown baby yeah. so um it doesn't surprise me that my son is has a lot of love for the community because people never talk shit about him when he was gone Partially because people forgot that he was gone. That too. You know what I'm saying? My, I, I thought I always thought my son was from Harlem, but he's um from the Bronx. I think he's from um, I think he's from Highbridge. He might be. Um, don't quote me. And if I'm wrong, I'm sorry, my son. But um, now at this point, I think I covered like you know the older part of it. Let's go from. Let's go to the Fat Joe. Let's go to Fat Joe. Then go on to Remy, Cardi B, uh, Corey Guns, Max B, French Montana. You know, Cuban Link. Shout out to Cuban Link. Um, but Fat Joe, really good rapper that keeps on reinventing himself. No matter what era he's in, and each era in hip-hop, he has a hit. 90s, 2000, right now. 
he he just keeps on coming with hits. Like no matter what, he can pull a record and be like, "This is gonna this is gonna fuck the sum up. This is gonna fuck up from from May to November or from January to yeah. to September or something like that." So, what what are your feelings? What are y'all feelings on you know Fat Joe? I've been talking too much. You go ahead. You real knowledgeable though, like from the from the beginning. Well, honestly, I really don't know much about Fat Joe to even really like comment on them. I didn't listen to him a lot growing up to like know his history or know like got a flow Joe about him. Honestly. All right, so when you were up in New York, when did you leave New York? 2002 so 2002 we had at that point we had okay let's stop twins that record when they did deep cover over and pun pun came with that in the middle of little Lily, little did he know yeah like little did he know diddly like when he did that it's like Creep with me as I cruise as I cruise through the beam. All the kids in the ghetto call me Don Connagina. Kick yep. it like ah, them me. bars. It felt it. It was all oh, man. It was just amazing. But you know we thugging, we thugging. Mm. What else did he do around mm. that? Oh, Fat Joe do around oh, that? Oh man, um, we thugging. Uh, what's love? That you got that you got uh. New York, he did the New York joint. That was a little later, but yeah, I love that song. I work out to that song. Too. Yeah, that is, that is a beautiful record. Um, but um, you know, right before I left, uh, Still Envy came out. Mm. So what was on that? That was we thought it was on that, right? Yeah, What's Love was on that, I believe too. Mm. The thing about Fat Joe, and this is where um, did you did you hear the episode of Drink Champs with Fat Joe on it? Yes. He even said, you know, he said he's one of the most knowledgeable people when it comes to the culture, when it comes to making, you know, making hit songs, um, doing good business deals. Um, he even admitted it. And when you think about it, he's not just bragging. He's actually telling the truth. Because like you say, my man has a song in every era that constantly knocks. Um, and... I, you know, like a lot of people were like, oh, he's riding Big Pun's coattails even after Pun died. And it's like... Tidra Moses. That's her name. I remember that Tidra name. Tidra Moses. I'm sorry to cut you off, but that I've yeah, been looking yeah. for this shit. Tidra, Tidra, what's that song that she had that was real big? The Man oh, Joint. You got no yeah. Don't know it. Don't mean a disrespect. Yeah. Don't I'm listening now on the way home. And it's not going to fuck up my playlist for this week. Because I didn't listen to a lot of Wu-Tang this week. I don't need no R&B shit on my, my playlist. It's sad as <laughs> it do. It be so sad. Yeah. I don't need that. But uh, I'm sorry, Lynn. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. That's, I mean, I'm, I'm just going to say, like, Fat Joe is is one of those dudes who you don't really think about it and you don't appreciate him mm-hmm. while he's here. You know what I'm saying? Not, I, I, you know... God, God forbid he lo- loses his life. Then mm-hmm. folks gonna be like, "Oh damn, he was this, he was that." You know, he brought. So give him flowers when they can inhale him with, yeah. like Nori said. Cause he was, cause I think Fat Joe's been rocking with 
um, since digging in the crates. Yes, D I C D I T C. Yeah, that's what it is. I, what, I forgot to tell. Uh, my man has been here. He's been that was showbiz and AG AG showbiz Big L AG AG Big L Diamond D. Yes. Um, Big L been in monumental groups, man. Yeah, you know, and Damn, unfortunately, it's not a Rockefeller. I didn't. I didn't fully know who Big L was mm-hmm. until after he died. Exactly, he got killed for his his so, brother situation. Kind of shit, God yeah. bless him. So Fat Joe is to me. He is the Bronx mm-hmm. right now. Well, as a part of, he's one of the. If there was a Mount Rushmore mm, of the Bronx, <laughs> you know, with like 10, 12 faces on it, mm-hmm. his face has to be up there. Um, he'll be having a hit though. Every like, time. His first album came out what around like ninety eight. Nah, ninety two. Got a flow, Joe. Well, yeah, no, no, but he didn't. He wasn't known. Uh, oh, so his like known the, album came out around ninety eight. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Don Cartagena, Jealous yeah, that Ones, came out NBA. Yeah, 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 yeah. His most popular album. There we yeah. go. Yep, yep, yep. I see. Yeah, that's why I really. I would have to. Now that y'all speak on him, but he does get the recognition for the Bronx, period. Like, mm-hmm. anybody's going to put him there because it is Fat Joe. Like, you hear about him. But back then, like, I was 11. Like, my mother was not trying to let me hear <laughs> none of this shit he was talking about. And, you know, like, as times change, it just get different. But he does have a hit for every era. Like, every era. He could bring yep. some shit out now. Mm-hmm. Even because he still be good, like it's it's gonna get those radio peach. spins, mm-hmm. on them downloads. Even with all the way up, even though that's a French Montana song. Why is that that song? And I'm glad you said that because we're gonna get right into that. But you only hear you, French. You recognize and hear French. Yeah, like but no, French no, is I, our future. I, I recognize and hear Joe. Okay, and it might be because you know, like I have a, I won't say bias, but I'm I'm more. He's he's. More my era. Okay. So I kind of, oh shit, Fat Joe is on this. So I hear his voice. His voice stands out to me. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I feel like the, I, I mean, I, I really feel like without that chorus, that, that song wouldn't have did as much as it did. Oh, no. Did. Side, sidebar, speaking of the Bronx, and it, and it just made me think about this. Um, Big Pun's son, Chris Chris Rivera. Mary, uh, yeah, <sighs> amazing. Amazing. Did you see the video that he has out? About how Big Pun used to beat on them? No. Yeah, it's it's intense. It's wow. intense. But that boy can really rap. You know how like most of the time it could he could have very well been uh JoJo Simmons. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. But he he's My up there with his father. He can, can really rap. rap. It's yes. A, like Corey Guns. Corey Guns. I need Corey Guns to leave young money and just work on some independent stuff. Sign the Empire. I don't know. It's People want to still hear you on records. Mm-hmm. I remember I was happy that one time that he was going to go with Rockefeller. Mm-hmm. A lot of people really don't know that. he was Right before he signed a Young Money, he was going to sign a Rockefeller. They was close because he cut a freestyle and talked about how he would kill for bleak uh, guns and all that. It fell through. Yeah, I need to hear on that. But uh, it fell through, whatever the case may be. But the Young Money situation is only getting worse than his legal situation. It, it fucked everything up. But um, Fat Joe, I feel like fucked up Remy when she got home mm-hmm. by putting out that album with both of them instead of putting out Remy's album. Mm-hmm. He should have just went along and put out Remy's album because now at this point, I'm not trying to hear Remy's album. 
She needs to do more groundwork, put out another mixtape, whatever the case may be. But I'm not trying to really hear her records because he sabotaged her coming home party. You know, typically the 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 artist that is locked up, everybody's they trying to get him. Shine, shine is a prime example. Like everybody was trying to get shine versus when he was in jail. And then when he came out, it's like, bro, like, I, I want this, I want that. Can I get on this? Can I get on that? Anybody that gets locked up and comes home Gucci, Meek, they have stuff that people are sought, that they're sought out to get. Like, they want this version, this person, or the album. But when it came time for her, it's like he didn't believe in the fact that she could carry a whole album right off the bat. So he put her on a record with him. Or, it's possible he was being selfish and it was like, oh, I need to put out a record too. So let's do this together. Yeah. So I could still be popping in the city. So. And I I think they are. I like the fact that her and Papoose, who is. I think my son and Papoose kind of are in the same category. They are the same person. And no that, offense, I'm not trying to hear no Papoose records. But that last record he just came out with. It's a remix with Fat Joe and Rick Ross. Back on my bullshit, I think. Uh, I didn't hear that one. Yeah. I, just, I just remember the, the the video on YouTube where he was rapping the alphabet rap. Oh, alphabetical slaughter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I remember that. But um, he inspired us too. The five barrels of death. Yeah. Yeah. And I I like the fact that that these that those two, you know, are coming out. Um. You know, because I remember when, when Papoose, when it was in the magazines and all on the media takeout and all that, Papoose was going to marry Remy. Folks were like, oh, he's stupid. He's an idiot. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, he married his chick in jail. Ha, 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 And then you come out and you're like, wait a minute. They really love each other. Uh-huh. And then she was That's like, yo, he, right he really, you know what I'm saying? Like, she was like, he was there for me type, type stuff. And then I think that kind of helped her come out. Um, I don't. I think her and Fat Joe both needed each other. Yeah, to to come out. Cause I think at that point Fat Joe didn't have any records out. Mm-mm. That whole Not time either. she was gone, I don't think he really. He might have had a couple joints. What kept him afloat was Cali. Yep. That it was Cali. If it wasn't for Cali, he would have kind of like fell to the wayside in a sense. Mm-hmm. And I think he even mentioned um, on one of the shows I watched, he went to Miami, lived down there for a little bit. Yeah, make it rain. Um, Yep. And I think by him going to Miami and linking up with Khaled. And Wayne. And Wayne. Yep, because Wayne was down there too. That kind of kept him in the, not in the inner circle, but he was in the outer circle Mm -hmm. where folks is like, Fat Joe, oh yeah, he's not, he's not cool Herc, but we know who he is Mm -hmm. type, type stuff. Um, so we touch on everything. What do y'all like? French. French and Max B. French, 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 French. Kristen, you feel very strongly <laughs> about French Montana. I just do. I don't like that statement he made, Joe, about people who, who don't use features on their album. It's like... When you was hungry, it was all about you. So why not make it about you a little bit more? Like, to me, he always has to have a whole bunch of people in his songs for him to have a hot song. To me, like, I'm talking about radio spins and stuff right now. I'm not talking about, like, no regular mixtape stuff or nothing like that. But it's like, what song has he done that didn't have a fire 
hook, but it's sung by somebody else. Like that, he just got all the recognition recognition for just him. Like he, I don't think he feel like he can't do it himself. So if you do it yourself, like you win. Nah, nigga, like do that shit yourself so you can see how it feel. Not to break your bread for a minute. Like I get it, you want everybody to eat, but make sure you eat first. Yeah, <laughs> I met this guy um, a couple years ago. I went to the gym in Glen Burnie. Speaking of, of folks, you know, eating, and I don't know, he might listen to this. I don't, he might not even remember, but my man was, this, this is when we when we were at the first company, you know, I won't say no name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> my man. So, you know what I'm saying, we had the, you know, we had the passes or whatever. So, I'm walking down the, the, the stairs, and I feel this dude, he had the, you know, hat, glasses, all that, and, and my man who was working out was saying something. So I walk up, and dude is like, "Oh yeah, this this the dude I'm telling you about. He can get you tickets, da da da, get you passes." And um, my man was like, "Yeah yeah yeah, I'm so and so. I'm down with French Montana and the Coke Boys. Can you know what I'm saying? You know I'm, I'm I'm gonna be hitting you up for tickets. Trying to fly here and there, and I'm thinking to myself, why are you coming to me if you if you telling me you down with the Coke Boys? Mm. Like shouldn't you be hitting up?" That rapping ass nigga, like yeah, rapping ass nigga, <laughs> and then he was like, "Yeah, yeah, take take my number, put it down in your phone." And so I'm like, "All right, I'm gonna I'm indulge this nigga." So I put the number in my phone. He's like, "Yeah, yeah, I can't remember his name." So and so, Coke Boys. I'm like, "Nigga, I'm not putting Coke Boys in my phone. <laughs> my, <laughs> in phone my phone. My phone, I was sir. Like, Yo, dumbass, get indicted. Yeah. <laughs> they gonna look up all them numbers, like, oh, uh, boy. sir, D, uh, Coke yeah, Boys, yeah. like, uh." But, but anyway, I just I just thought like like you say, a lot of these rappers like my man was from here. It was him and some other dude. They was I don't know who who they were, but they were supposed to be rappers from here who were down with French Montana, and they asking me for buddy passes, mm-hmm. and I'm like, uh, shouldn't you shouldn't that be in your budget? Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. You trying to get from Baltimore to Columbus, Ohio, shouldn't that shouldn't that be covered by this famous rapper you just pitched to me, you know what I'm saying? So when you say French Montana, he he, you know, I don't know. I just I just thought that's when you said folks need to eat. I'm like, well, I remember a dude telling me like, I guess folks ain't eating. Yeah. Um, <laughs> French. Uh, worry about nothing. That's the only thing that comes to mind with records that he did by himself. Um, but in retrospect, he did revive Bad Boy. He revived, he revived bad boy. Um, Lightweight ass. Hey, uh, I've had two cups. Don't do that. Uh, 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 Crown Apple. Uh, yeah, but um, yeah, man. So I feel like we touched on everything. Uh, <sighs> you know what, though? Here's. I, Let's end with the message. What did the message do Ooh, for hip hop? Okay. So um, going back to the last episode. Mm-hmm. When you know I was talking about um, how hip hop changed during you know different eras, the message might have been the first song. No, it was the first song that folks were that mainstream society, i.e., white people, got a chance to see and hear what was going on in the quote-unquote ghetto. You know what I'm saying? Um, broken glass everywhere. People pissing in the corner and they just don't care. And 
it was the and that was during the time when I mean like I say MTV was was a new thing videos on TV was new um rap rap videos were new so you know I mean we we kind of laugh about it now because of how they dress but you cannot deny the song it was a very socially conscious song and that's the thing about rap itself hip-hop itself people think it's just a bunch of noise mm -hmm. um like I, I i reference um ti's song just doing my job mm -hmm. he even said yo i'm out here selling drugs because i have to you know what i'm saying people and this whether you're in bronx brooklyn queens um Hartford, Connecticut, Boston, Massachusetts, Gainesville, Florida, Detroit, Michigan, Chicago, Illinois. As a people, we are undereducated across the board. You know what I'm saying? Undereducated to the point where um, we don't know how to survive. We don't know basics. Like, you know, me me and folks upstairs, we, we was talking about it earlier this morning, the fact that we don't have career classes. You know what I'm saying? Um, we don't have basic classes on how to balance a checkbook, how to use a debit card. Mm -hmm. there, there are folks, if you go right down Liberty Road, right into the heart, go go down to Mondawmin down, to Mall and ask some dude standing on the corner, hey man, do you, do you have a debit card? He, what? What's that? You know what I'm saying? So we as a people don't have the basics for survival. Mm -hmm. We've never had the basics. You know what I'm saying? The way... The system of this country is set up. We do not have the basics for survival. We, as now, we're strong enough to survive. We we are surviving, but we don't have the basics. So the message was one of the first songs where they was like, "Yo, we out here dying over drugs." You know what I'm saying? You got the you got the Reagans and the and the Nixons and the Rockefeller laws and the and the uh, Henry Kissingers. You know what I'm saying? You got guys coming back from Vietnam doped up on heroin that, that you know, they was getting high in Vietnam and they coming back to the Bronx militarily trained and high. Dead presidents. Dead presidents, exactly. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? That That is where hip-hop started. You know what I'm saying? That's how the gang started. You know, you see right here, you know, Africa Bambada. Um, if you watch, this is the evolution of hip-hop. On Netflix, check it out. I shout out Netflix a lot. I love it. Um, you know, Bambada. He used to be a gang leader till you know, in charge of the Zulu Nation. Um, there, there they show Elijah Muhammad. You know, the Black Panthers, the Young Lords, and this is the, this is the um, at the community center where all of them got together and said peace. This is all the game. This really happened. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Everybody got together and aired out their grievances. You see him. You see him saying, "Hey, you killed my man. We doing this." You know what I'm saying? And at the end, they said peace. But you had these guys coming home. <laughs> um. So the message was I like, <laughs> the message I was like the first. And that, look, that's Bambata. Um. So, so the message was like the first song where folks were like, "Damn, it, it was." What's going on in, in the Bronx, in Brooklyn? You know, you had white people coming from parts of New Jersey going down to Manhattan. Manhattan. You had yuppie culture. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the trickle-down economics of Reagan. You know what I'm saying? I remember that. Mm -hmm. Where, you know, I remember Detroit changing from 80, 80, 
84 to 86, seeing more and more people walking the streets looking sick. Come to find out, it was crack. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I was seven, eight years old. I just knew it. They just looked weird. Mm -hmm. um, Pops took me out of that. You know what I'm saying? And the message was is such a, you cannot deny what that song did, not only for the culture, but for the world. Mm -hmm. Because... Like Dave Chappelle said in and killing and killing them softly. Unless it's in Newsweek, white people don't know. Hey, did you know there be Negroes like hotcakes? <laughs> no, you know <laughs> You know what I'm saying? And he was like, Look, it's in the main issue. And we've been saying these things as a people. We've been saying, Hey, we we don't go we don't have the same books and at at Walbrook that they have out at Towson High School. Mm-hmm. We don't have the same education at, you know what I'm saying, Carver High School that they have at, I don't know, at, at Delaney High School. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Way out here in the county. And the message was a was another vessel to say, hey, time out. You know what I'm saying? We got crack. We got, we got, <laughs> we got, crack. we got crack. I don't know why I said that. That's We got crack. We got crack. Let's go. We got this. Because, you know, I talked to my pops, you know, a couple years ago. And he was like, yeah, in the 60s and 70s, folks, you know, especially in Detroit, he's like, folks did a little bit of heroin, but it was like it wasn't a big thing. And then crack hit black people like alcohol hit Native Americans. I don't know mm. if you've ever been around. Like, I, I remember when I lived in Alaska. Um, God damn, you lived everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and that's, you know, because of the military. But being up there and seeing those Native Americans just hooked on alcohol. It just, it just hit them hard. That's how crack hit black people. Mm. And it, it was the message that was came out in, I want to say, 84, 83, 84. But that song was like the first song where folks was like, wait a minute. Damn, this is really happening. And it was, I think that was one of the make or break points for America. Um, and it broke black America. We've never recovered from that. Mm. And then one thing I like now, you ever watch the show um, Snowfall? Yeah, I love that shit. Because, and it's it's unfortunate that now we realize exactly what Crack did, exactly what Reagan did, exactly what Oliver North did, the Iran-Contra affair. You know, these are things I remember seeing on TV as a kid. And... I just didn't fully understand it because I was eight, nine, you know, seven, eight, nine years old. But I knew something wasn't right. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? But now, and, and and I think if people 82. sat back, 82, okay. So I think if people sat back and said, you know what? This is how we're, we're we are quote unquote messed up. It would, it would change. You know what I'm saying? Like, like we talked about The Wire. I've been binge watching The Wire, ironically. Bro, I've been seeing that shit on IG. It was a really good series, man. And you really know why it's still relevant it today? It's a part two. Yeah, it, feel, it always feels like a part two is coming out. But but the thing about The Wire is that came out, like, like you realize it came out 15 years ago? Mm-hmm. And you think about, like, how, how were you 15 years ago? Uh, 13. I was 15. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Y'all was teenagers. What has really changed? What is crazy thing. is that the wire that. came through when I first moved out here. Right. And the cable man, <laughs> he hit my mother boxes because we was from New York and he was from New York, so we had HBO for free. And we started watching the wire. My mom was just like, 
Y'all just move out of New York and come to this place for what? <laughs> yeah. But then it was like, I'm not moving back to New York. Like, I wasn't going Could to class worse, or bro. nothing. So, yeah. it was different, yo. But speaking of, like, hip-hop and shit like that, you put me on to the Get Down on Netflix. That's true. I think mm-hmm. everybody mm-hmm. should watch that because it touches into the Zulu Nation, if you want to know about African Bambada. And then it also gets the cool, cool hurt with the breaks. And they got Grandmaster Flash in there. Mm-hmm. Teaching what's his name? Shaolin Fantastic. How to how to mix? Yeah yeah yeah. This is the great master. It was good. You, you I don't even know why they canceled that. Yeah they they. It said was like it, it was slow, but if you're really into music and the background of how how it started, it was the perfect. Mm-hmm. The perfect show. You know who executive produced it? Nas. Nas. I'm so upset that they canceled it though. Like I'm I'm upset. I, 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 I was read, into that boring shit. Yeah, I read the reason. <laughs> I read the reasons why they said it was it was just too many writers and this and that and folks couldn't agree on the idea. So and that's the thing that sucks when it comes to different shows. Um that black people run. Yeah. You can't never stay on one fucking accord. Yep. Yep. And it's unfortunate because like we talked about the last time mm-hmm. I did a show, you know, like I remember growing up watching a different world. I just knew I was going to college. I just knew seeing Morgan State when when Gina had on the Morgan State shirt or um you know what I'm saying you just knew but one time is I did cut you up but one time this nigga Corey came to my house right now anybody who know me know that I'm mad nasal right now my bad but my nose is stopped up but <laughs> anybody who know me know that I watch the shit out of reruns like that's what I don't give a fuck about these new shows. Mm-hmm. I'm watching Martin all the time. I'm watching Different World, Living mm-hmm. Single. Like I'm on the old channels. Mm-hmm. I watch The Wayne's Brother and Jamie Foxx every night on MTV. That's what I go to sleep to. But this nigga Corey comes to my house, and it's a Different World episode on. And this nigga stuck to the TV like mouth opening everything, yo. Talking about tag. They really just said that? <laughs> We've been through that a lot. That was some educational <laughs> stuff right there. And I'm just looking like... I wanted to go to an HBCU because of Hillman. That yeah. didn't exist. And I didn't even know Hillman didn't exist until it was time for me to apply for college. <laughs> right, right. And I'm mad. Hey. <laughs> and yeah. I'm mad because oh, Hillman don't exist. Now I'm upset. I'm, what, 16, 17 years old? Pissed mm-hmm. off <laughs> that Hillman did not exist. Yeah. But it was, it was that idea, like you say, everything that... You know, anytime we have a show that's, I think we we watch Blackish. I love Black. I love Blackish. I feel like that is that is our void. But at any moment, you feel like they can be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all niggas saying too much. Yeah, Yeah. you know, they they just do that for no reason. It's like, and if if it's one const, if it's one constant in Black culture, it has been hip hop. But I think the thing that's largely ignored, like we talked about with the Woo. The fact that from Staten Island, these guys, you know, you got Jizzle with the TED Talk. Mm-hmm. You got um, ODB with saying everything that he said. Oh, yeah, with this uh, Grandmaster Flash crayon. with the crayon. <laughs> so you had these guys coming in, you know, from Staten Island, and they affected the culture worldwide. The Bronx does not get enough credit. I think now it does. Mm-hmm. Not with, you know, Netflix and their whole shift into... Um, hip hop with Rebel Kings, 
um, the evolution of hip hop, the one with Dapper Dan, the the fashion. Um, it was on CNN. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Oh, That's, I seen that. Yeah, it was on CNN. They talked about sneakers and all that shit. about sneakers, which is crazy because I'd have never thought that hip hop would be on CNN except to talk about a rapper that their lyrics has been used against mm. Bobby Schmurder. Mm -hmm. They used his lyrics against yeah, him in court. Real brolic. You know what I'm saying? And they and that's not the first time that's happened. Mm -hmm. But for all of that to come from the Bronx, from all of that to come from uh, a immigrant from Jamaica, mm -hmm. from um, that's that's John, that's John Coltrane, one of my favorite, Love Supreme, my favorite album ever. But um, you know, you got Cool Herc. His dad was a radio DJ, so I'm I'm, I'm gonna do this. Chuck Berry, mm -hmm. you know, say so you had all these people who started. Who, who started a culture somewhere and Grandmaster Flash, Cool Herc, um, Melly Mel, um, they get largely ignored. So I'm glad that the hip hop museum is coming online. Mm -hmm. But further than that, the Bronx took it worldwide. You ever seen the B-Boy competitions? Red, uh, the Red Bull B-Boy competitions? I heard of it. Dude, that shit. It's on like ESPN, don't it? Yeah. Uh, so, sometimes you got it. It comes on like probably like three thirty in the morning. Mm -hmm. But that shit is so dope because I think the one the best dancer, the years I was really watching it, he was from Brazil. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? I so go back to the outside of America. They appreciate the they appreciate there. right. You know, and then the the team dancing, it came down between I think Team France and South Korea. Oh, you know what Korea I'm saying? Fucked them up, huh? Oh uh, yeah, Korea won. Mm -hmm. Um, and then once I saw a video of two break dance, I don't know how how real it was, but it was a South Korean and a North Korean soldier break dancing at the DMZ, and all of that started from the Bronx. Mm -hmm. It started from Africa Bambada, the Savage Nomads, the Apaches. You know, the guys in Soundview and Castle Hill in the '60s mm -hmm. and '70s who were destitute and hungry and the fact that they came together and they said peace you know karate charlie you know what i'm saying that that guy he's fucking 70 year old puerto rican now yeah i didn't even i i heard that name before i yeah. didn't know it was real and i thought he yeah was, he was uh, he was, he was in he was in the other one i was playing oh, okay um but the fact that all that came from the bronx and the bronx is told if it hadn't have been for me going to school and my my professor saying yeah, you can write about hip-hop. That's relevant to your life. Mm -hmm. I'd have never started doing the research and learning about what Bambada did. I just know Soul, Sonic, mm -hmm. Fours. Mm -hmm. But Bambada was the leader of a gang. They was out there stabbing, killing, fighting. And then to go from that to make the transition yeah, in there. You're not doing that no more. We're yeah. going we to provide. We're going to do this. And all stuff. of that started from the Bronx. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? To the point where I went to the Bronx the first time. Not not to not to go. I just wanted to be I wanted to be there. Mm -hmm. Like, yo, this is this is this is my life. You know, hip hop is my life. Mm -hmm. And this is where it started. I, I still haven't made it down to uh I still haven't made it down to fifteen twenty Sedgwick yet. Mm -hmm. But I didn't been up. I was around the corner from her. She was telling me to go there, but I was going too much when I was up there. I think they trying to make it. <laughs> I know. Yeah, <laughs> we, we, we. 
I, I think. Yes, yeah, so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we're going to bring. But I think. I think yeah, yeah. Fuck out of here. Like, he just pissed me off real quick. I was doing a lot. Fuck out of here. I was like, I want to do is go to City Island and shit. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I went to the Lots Juice Bar, though. Shout it, out to you. You know what? And that's. You know. I used to. Um, now I sell juice, but I used to sell blow. Um, um, on that one song. So. Y'all, y'all stupid as shit. But um, you know what I'm saying? They 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 try I think they were trying to tell tear down the building that the first party was in. Mm-hmm. And I think they're trying to push for it to be a national historical monument. Really? Yeah. Hmm. And it needs to be. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like being from Detroit, twelfth street. And and Euclid, 12, 12th Street and and the Boulevard, that's where Motown sits. Okay. You know what I'm saying? If you talk to my pops, um, my great aunt, my great great aunt used to live up the street from the Motown house, where to the point where it was nothing to me. You know what I'm saying? Like my grandparents live, my great great aunt live here. My grandparents live about half a mile up. So it was nothing to drive up the boulevard, to drive up 12th Street, make a left on the boulevard, Hitsville, USA. My parents, you know, it was nothing for them to see Smokey Robinson walking up the street, going into the Motown house. The Temptations were from the projects. Mm-hmm. Diana Ross was from the projects. You know what I'm saying? They they saw these people every day, just like in New York. I mean, one time I went to New York and I saw um, Keith Murray and LaGuardia. And I was like, yo, that's Keith Murray. <laughs> and, I, and I was bugging out. And the person I was hanging out with, they was like, yeah, and? Bruh, hey, yo, Simon, I'm going to cut you off. We was in the Bronx one time, me and my father. And um, we was on Fordham. And we seen Flavor Flake. And me and my father was like, yo, that's Flavor Flake. Nigga looked at us. Ice grilled the shit out of us. Like, everybody else was looking at us like, mm-hmm. so. And we just like. This nigga got the cock on. He got the cock on. Me and my father looking. Everybody looking at us like, yo, shut the fuck up. Right. Okay? Like, the nigga's here all the time. And that, and that's what yeah. and, that, and that and that's what my homie said. It was like, I was like, yo, yo, I'm I was texting. I was like, yo, I'm behind. I'm walking behind Keith Murray. It was like, yeah, he that's every day. You know what I'm saying? So Don't rain on my parade, nigga. <laughs> right. And that's the thing about New York is, I mean, like, like I said earlier with the woo, his mm-hmm. method man was like they could they had to travel to Brooklyn. You know what I'm saying? They had to travel to Harlem. They had to travel to Queens and travel to Manhattan. Whereas if you were in Brooklyn, you saw Biggie on the block. Mm-hmm. You saw Kid Capri and Big Pun rolling up like it was nothing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um the you know, the locks, they got a juice bar. Yeah, that shit they, is really good, bro. It's in Castle. The one I went to was in Castle Hill. You know like, what I'm saying? So, these <laughs> these folks can't get away. I'm about to be gay. Like, I'm about to be gay. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> oh, so problematic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then if you watch this documentary, like you have these people. Like um, I remember a couple years ago, Melly Mel was sick. Mm-hmm. I don't know how sick he was, but folks, I, were like, I was really bad though. It, like, yeah. They was trying to get money to right. help him and shit. And it's like you have this guy. Oh, oh, he he's one of the first rappers. Um, um, but that's that. Yeah, you gotta watch. But you know, you have somebody who's a pillar in our culture, and he don't even have health insurance. Yeah, that's why I know you he know was saying, saying the whole thing about. Him. And you know, it's the deals that these that that these folks sign. You know, I'm I'm not gonna say these guys, 
because you had people like Roxanne Shante. You had people like Doctor. Doctor Roxanne. Doctor. Well, I, I heard I heard that wasn't real. Oh, for real? I, I heard her PhD is not real. Oh no, I yeah, say that. I know, right? That shit hurt. But mm-hmm. but you had people like um you know, these you know, folks in the in the rap culture who now we appreciate we appreciate appreciate Grandmaster Flash. We appreciate Molly Morrow and MC Shan. We we appreciate um Nori. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But back then they didn't. So and it all started from the well, officially it started from the Bronx. Because graffiti took hip hop to Manhattan and Brooklyn and Queens because these folks was tagging trains and and you see such and such 183 showing up on the on the 7 train going across Queens and you like okay what is that so Cats and Queens was tagging the train back Man, those pictures they just so dope like I just wanted to see that like in person like mm-hmm. I mean, the plane the planes the trains don't exist anymore but right. it's just like they should have kept them. She lied about her goddamn PhD. Yeah, she yeah, cause I think Bruh. when she yeah when she came out, folks was like, oh shit, she got a PhD, and then the college was like, ah, we don't have a record of that. Two thousand nine, she came back. Damn, um, bro. But people, but she, but at the same time, you cannot diminish her message. Yeah, her message of empowerment, especially for women, mm-hmm. um, in the culture, because Remy Ma. Cardi B, who you know we didn't talk about. Oh, well, just real quick, I I want to talk. Like, uh, get your statement. Out, no, I, I was I was just saying. Uh, unfortunately, even as um, people have pushed for rap or uh, for hip hop culture to be inclusive across the board, it's still been biased against women. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, so. Like nowadays, folks are a little more conscious about it. So you have Cardi B coming out, and folks is jumping on the train. Uh, thoughts on Cardi B, Kristen? Love Cardi B. I feel like they, they. I love, I love her story, and it's genuine. And I feel like as long as she can produce an album, not so much as full of the whole uh, Bodak Gallows, but some type of content she'll be fine. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm waiting for Cardi B album. I wanna listen to it. Her mixtape was pretty decent. I'm saying for her to be a regular Declan regular girl from the Bronx. Mm-hmm. But 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 isn't everybody? Regular somebody regular. had to Yeah, everybody had to start somewhere. But a lot of these people I think they because just we watched don't her be, story, bro. Yeah, that, that's their story that's just thing. don't it's not it don't seem authentic. Like when you look at her you hear her or you just watch from how we just see her from Love and Hip Hop or even the people that been following her. Because she been doing those videos on Instagram. She not new to that. Mm-hmm. When she was stripping, she was doing them hood right ass videos. Mm-hmm. Like, it just, it's like she's she's herself and she's comfortable with it. Like, fuck it. Like, fuck, fuck what the industry wants you to be. Like, be yourself. Mm-hmm. She sound illiterate sometimes, but fuck she it. She don't give that. a fuck. She'll give a fuck if she's that illiterate. Right. She know what she's saying and people can identify with her. <laughs> right, right. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, I want her to win. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I might not. I don't particularly like Bodak Yellow, but I want her to win. You know what I'm saying? I think 
that her story, like you say, her story is fucking incredible. Her story, I think there there are so many stories in hip hop for from folks whether they was a stripper to now they 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 put on because uh, wasn't Trina a stripper? Yeah. yeah I think um, so. You know what I'm saying? And and you got, I think I think Jay Z personifies Ooh. everything that people in hip hop want to be. Yeah. They want to be a drug dealer who made a lot of money, who became the biggest figure, not only in the culture, but in society. Let's let let's be honest. Yeah. You know he's what I'm saying? He's the biggest rapper. He's the biggest rapper. He's a philanthropist. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He's a he's a so cause uh they were him and Beyonce were bailing people out in Baltimore. Yeah. They've been bailing people out on the low for a minute. To him producing the Khalif Browder story, mm-hmm. which if you haven't if you haven't watched it, it's on Netflix. <laughs> Watch it, but it's a very sad story because you know about it. Yeah, I remember watching that shit as a kid in, on Inside Edition. Yeah, when it initially happened, I remember that shit. And that's it's terrible. I'm not gonna lie, I can't bring myself to watch it because I know what happens in the end, mm-hmm. and the fact that I know he committed suicide because he just couldn't get over that. Mm-hmm. But Jay Z produced, executive produced it mm-hmm. on, on HBO, and now it's on Netflix. You know what I'm saying? Um, Jay Z is giving money for this. He's he's giving money for that. Um, he's encouraging folks to to to, to travel, see the world. Um, you know what I'm saying? Hold, yeah. Hold it, to God. And so people like Cardi B from the Bronx, Jay Z from Brooklyn, um, even as much as you want to clown them. You you cannot forget Dame Dash yeah. from Harlem. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Nas from Did I ever tell you about like this that magazine is the greatest thing in hip hop. One of them. I ever tell you about the second one mm-hmm. that I that I was witness with my eyes when Nas performed Illmatic in its entirety. The, in its entirety at the National Symphony yeah. Orchestra at the Kennedy Center. The Kennedy Center is where the president where they have the the presidential awards and all of that, to see Nas up there in a tuxedo, and it was my man with with an orchestra, and it wasn't announced that way. Mm. Um, And my man was up there with the little little conductor stick, French horns and bassoons and tubas and timpanis, and Nas is out there, the world is yours, and then on top of that, do you know who Michael who Michael Eric Dyson is? Yeah. He is a huge Nas fan. Yeah. He is uh you know me, I got the shit everywhere. I can't find it, but he's got a book called um uh He is like the hip hop defense. Um, um the ultimate hip hop defense. Damn. I can't think of the name of the book, but it's he he is because and Illmatic is one of the things that he defends art just ardently. Because um, he feels that it's such a voice of us as a people. And so I'm at this concert. I'm watching Nas perform with DJ Green Lantern. Green Lantern. The National Symphony Symphony Orchestra. They playing hip-hop. You know what I'm saying? My man is up there with the little little thing. And I look down and I see Michael Eric Dyson standing up, grooving. He's just in it, and this man is a PhD. He's a reverend. He's a he's a Georgetown professor. Georgetown Ivy League. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? 
what what we know about Georgetown is Iverson. Yeah. But this man teaches at Georgetown, which shout out to I don't know how much it, how much class time he went, but you cannot deny the fact that Iverson went to Georgetown. Mm-hmm. Even if it was to play ball, he still went to Georgetown. So hip hop has grown so far. You know what I'm saying? And when you think about it, it all started in the Bronx, 1520. You know what I'm saying? It all started Grandmaster Flash, Melly Mel. Um, I can't remember right, who that dude is. That's a little and they, weird right there. Yeah, it looks it looks crazy. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? To to Blondie. <laughs> like an eighth grader. You know, <laughs> she she you know, that's the treacherous three and the furious five and you know what I'm saying? So these these folks to the warrior. I mean the warriors, the movie. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Which is what inspired the bottles yes. in the beginning. It really, I really got it from a bad boy. Bad boy got it from Warriors movie. Um, shout out to Puff and you know, the creators and, of the Warrior too. All of that came from the Bronx. You know what I'm saying? So it it wasn't until let's see, I went to the Bronx in let me see what's this in 2010. Um, and I think that that was around the time I started doing my thesis paper. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's when it really clicked to me that the Bronx was special. Mm-hmm. So that's why I appreciate the Bronx. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure you appreciate it because it's your home. Oh, yeah. You know. Man, but, uh. That's, that's from what the fire is. hydrants. Like, yeah. that was lit. Like. <laughs> Man. The fire hydrants was everything growing up, yo. And Mr. Softy, yo. Like it chased down Mr. Softy. Yeah, I chased down Mr. Softy out here. Like, it just had a flashback of, like, growing up for real. Like, <laughs> I was so amazed. Like, Mr. Softy in Baltimore? Like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on? Yeah, man. But in closing, I want to thank y'all for doing this. this again, Elaine, appreciate this. Kristen, I, I, I kind of thought you was going to have a Kyle moment, but I know you, I don't. You don't like to hear the Shout sound of your voice. Shout out to Kyle. Shout out to Kyle. You don't like your. That's why I kept on thinking about when I was at work. I'm like, bro, she's not gonna like her voice. Kyle, I love you. Yeah, all right. You was a little nervous, but we gonna get you comfortable on another episode. I ain't seen you in um, a minute, but yeah, what's up, bro? Yes, this man. I appreciate y'all, but in closing, man, uh, thank the forefathers of hip hop. Um, uh, thank the borough of Bronx, like, huh. I don't come. I come up there and I have to go to the Bronx because of my auntie Anne. But I, you know, I appreciate it. You know, shout out to, you know, the bodegas that's on both sides of the corner. Mm. Uh, <laughs> of our art joint. Uh, shout out to that one time <laughs> we went to uh, we went to City Island, came to my aunt house, so drunk. Smacked on and, his aunt porch, yo. and I, I was being petty, and I kind of like every time my aunt says something, I would like shift the conversation to Kristen. Kristen all fucked up on the porch, like yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, shout out to the BBQs that's out there, but you know Bronx, you know thank you so much. I love y'all. I loved y'all borough, Kristen. I love your borough. Kay, I love your borough. It's it's this. It means everything to me. Um, and uh. It's only one other place I could go at this point. You know, I'm going to Queens next. And we're going to have a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, you up. You up on this one. Real real quick, I just want to say this from the nerd point of view. 
<laughs> you know, we got to bring the nerdy shit in. Check out, get on Netflix. Um, I'm going to get you paid by Netflix, bro. <laughs> Hey <laughs> yo, shout out to SDE podcast. These niggas got they they got fucking ads, B. Like, yeah, I'm gonna get you paid by Netflix. But check out um Rebel Kings. Start with start with Rebel Kings. Uh, actually start with Jeff Chang's Can't Stop Won't Stop. Then go to then get on that uh it's a book. Then get on Netflix, go to Rebel Kings, then go to the the evolution of hip hop, and then go to Fresh Dress, and you'll get the story of the culture from the Bronx from the beginning. So that's all I got to say. From the beginning. From the beginning. Thank y'all so much, man. Baltimore County forever. Season two. Drinks, nigga. Queens. Far Rock, I'm up.